It's 4 p.m. Stand up. It's count time. It's time for every man and woman to stand up and be counted. I'm Brother L.D. Azobra. I'd like to welcome you to another edition of Count Time Podcast. Now today, we're we going to have what you call a throwback Thursday. Throwback. We throw it all the way back. Throwback. To the college days, I done ran across a dear friend, someone I've been knowing for quite some time, who I have not seen in so many years. And it's just so pleasurable and and enjoyable when I ran across her in the seer. And now we're doing a podcast together. What a wonderful day. I'd like to welcome Elaine Vadreen Robertson. Welcome to Count Time. Thank you. It's good to be here. Girl, like, I'm excited about you being here. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, re- I really am. You know, because you, you've been a dear friend. And someone I've been knowing for a long, long time. It's been a long, how, how a long, long has it been? Well, we met, actually we met in 1979. Uh, you were introduced to me as Greg's little cousin. And I've, I've been mad ever since. Because <laughs> then, then I, I couldn't rap to you then. <laughs> Greg's, Greg introduced me to everyone as his little cousin. Now, Greg who? Greg LaFleur from Ville Platte, Louisiana. My partner who, Greg and I have done several podcasts together. Okay. I mean, he's supposed to be my little sidekick, but I can't catch up can't, with that. I understand. Too, but, but Greg, when, when you came on LSU campus, she had a serious impact on everybody because she had them green great looking eyes that scared everybody. True. With a big butt. <laughs> what a what a combination that was. Huh? A track butt. <laughs> what, what a combination. Don't mean to disrespect you. I but, understand. But that's how everybody identifies you. Okay. Right? Well, you're like, learning oh, some see, new things oh, you, today. Oh, you know, you laid a green eye that big butt. That's the laying okay. over there, you know. But, but you really, you really was a, a someone that you handled you, you handled yourself, and you handled your business. I mean, you didn't play. I mean, so you really. How did you? First of all, where are you from originally? Um, I was born in Kansas City, Missouri. Kansas City. Yes, my father was military. So. What what, what area military? He was in the Air Force. Um, the youngest of four children, and all of my brothers were born in Ville Platte, but by the time my mom had me, the last one, the others were stair steps. So my dad sent my grandmother to see. So when I was born, she came. Um, we stayed there till I was 18 months old. In Kansas City? In Kansas City. And then the next three years of my life were spent overseas in Japan. Okay. And then we came back to the United States for two years and then back to Japan for three more years. So by the time we got back, I was in the fifth grade and we moved to Houston. My dad retired from the Air Force and went to Houston, went to one semester of elementary, three years of middle school and high school. And then LSU was my chosen university. Hold on. Can you speak Japanese? Skoshi. A little bit. <laughs> a little bit. Okay then. But at at that time, could you speak? I was more fluent, but Japanese is just like um, I'm gonna use um, sign language. If you don't use it, you lose it. And so, uh, never, you know, used it. You have never had a need for it. Never. And questions people when they find out, did you ever live? When you live, can you speak it? And that's one of the words that I remember, Skoshi, a little bit. Can, uh, could you read it at that time? No, never could read it, no. You wish you to continue? Yeah, oh, um, one of my uh, peers at LSU, I don't know if you remember her, Claire, 
that dated Ricky Chapman. You gotta get, you gotta go all, you gotta see it all, man. <laughs> yeah, she she graduated. Rick, she, that wasn't me, Rick. Yeah, that, that, no, that was your friend. That's okay. You laid. When when Claire graduated from high school, she graduated from the school in Japan, which was American-based schools, okay. but just like uh, in high school, how you have to take foreign language. So she spoke and read Japanese fluently. And I always wished that that could have been, you know, I would have loved to graduate from a high school in Japan, so. Now, from Ville Platte, Kansas City, Japan. You, you wasn't born in Ville Platte, I'm just talking about your family. From My family. Ville, from Ville Platte to Kansas City to Japan, to Houston. And you, how, how'd you get into track? Did your brother run track? No. Um, when we moved to Houston, I was in the fifth grade. And we had recess, and all the kids was, we gonna race, we gonna race. And so there was one little girl, uh, Menard, Mignon Bernard, and she was the fastest. And so all the kids would always want us to race against each other to see who could beat who. And so when I beat her, uh -oh. you know, that was a big thing. And I was the new kid on the block. So, you know, they didn't really like it, but they respected it. And then when, when I got to middle school, well, in Texas, you can't um, participate in athletics as a sixth grader. Yeah, okay. yeah. UIL starts at seventh grade. So seventh grade, uh, I still didn't understand that the name of the sport was track. It was just racing to me. <laughs> And unfortunately, my track coach was not a real track coach, but she did the best she could. But anyway, nonetheless, I ran and always came out on top. So by the time I made it to high school, I knew that track was the sport for me. I tried basketball, but it didn't work. What was your favorite uh, event? Event is track. Um, as a runner, I would say the 200 in the open race and the 4 by one on the relay. No. First of all, how did you get to LSU? Being out of Houston back then, LSU, LSU didn't even have a girls' track team. No, crazy, 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 crazy. Um, Texas Southern University relays, um, and it was an invitation only. And my high school ran it every year, so I ran in the meet. A week or so later, I get a call from my cousin again, Greg Lafleur. Um, and this is his story. It was during the spring, Orlando ran hurdles in the invitation. And Orlando McDaniel, who's no longer with us, Orlando right, passed former, I think 2019. Right. No, no, yeah, 2019. Um, Orlando ran, and it was a football spring training, and guys with their locker room talk. So Orlando came back, man, it's this girl at Houston. So when at you Houston. say at Houston, people think University of Houston. And the description he gave, and this is just locker room talk, green eyes. And the other part, what, what part? Oh, she got a big old butt, okay, but I, she I, I, can I, I, go. Already made, already you may mention, she can go. <laughs> okay. And uh, my cousin is listening to this and you know, asking more questions about who this person is. So Greg put it together. That's my little cousin. So Greg <laughs> called me 
And at the time, Greg's uh, former girlfriend, Pam Giles, they got together, who was, who was also a super, super phenomenal track. Uh, got together and called me and I had the opportunity to meet Pam at a family reunion in Ville Platte. Y'all look like y'all could be kidding too. Yes, I got a story about that too. Um, so Greg started talking to me about coming to LSU, uh, letting me know Pam, you know, all the information. It was going to be the first year they were going to have a women's team. Well, women's what kind of team? Track, women's really? track team. At LSU? At LSU in 1979. They did a, a pilot just come out who wants to run like that spring, but this was like the first year we were registered with SEC scholarships, the whole hundred yards. So um, my first reaction was no. I, I didn't want to come to LSU, even though I was academically smart. Um, I had uh, a high school friend that was at Rice University. Oh, okay. Calvin Francis. You played against him. You played against okay. him. Super, super smart. And he always compared LSU and Rice academics on the same level. No, what's no comparison? I, I learned that today. No I learned that today. Okay. So out of fear of the academics, I, I was like, no, I'm not going up there so I can flunk out. Even though I was exceptionally smart, graduated magna cum laude, number 53 out of 614, but just, you know, afraid. And so then, my high school track team, we were a power, powerhouse. What, what high school? Forestbrook High School okay. in Houston. We were a powerhouse, and so I had to compete every week just against my own teammates. And it's just like, you know, it comes a point in your life, you get tired of it. I'm like, I ain't, no, nah, I'm going on to Sam Houston and be a student. And uh, another situation, I had a serious injury. I had, uh, by 16 years old, I had complete reconstructive knee surgery. At 16? 16 years old, completely. And this is before they started the scope. So I literally have the football man scar on my knee. So I really wasn't interested in university track. I just wanted to be able to compete you know, my, my, through my senior year. So once I started talking to the coaches, and my last question was, well, if I come, will I be able to run on a relay? He said, if you come, we'll have a relay. <laughs> and then I think a week later, I came down to visit the campus, and when I saw the facilities, because my high school had a cinder track, the university that was really interested in me prior to my injury was Preview. They had a cinder track. I hate cold weather, I hate rain. So I was like, oh God, this is heaven. So that's, you know, and then, you know, with Greg and Pam there, I felt like I had a, you know, a support system. Because I didn't know, well, my other cousin Jennifer, but she was totally away from athletics. But I felt like I had a support system. Well, my girl, the mayor of Villeplatte, The mayor of Villeplatte, Jennifer Vidrine. That's my girl. Yeah. That's my girl. So, um, you know, with that support system, that was enough for me. And that was really, that's what prompted me to make my decision that it was LSU. But before that, LSU was nowhere in the oh, scope Oh, no, of I was thought. registered with Sam Houston State University in Huntsville, Texas. Oh, you had already registered? Oh, yeah, registered, had my room, my dad paid the money, everything. Oh, yeah, I was just going academics, no no more sports, I was done. So when you made that, that switch, I mean, you, you glad you did? I don't regret my decision to this day. I loved, in fact, 
when I graduated, I stayed and taught in Baton Rouge for nine years. Okay. Baton Rouge became home. When I got married, I didn't even go to Houston to get married. I got married in Baton Rouge. Well, I guess you did, because my partner wasn't going to let you go to no Houston to get married. <laughs> and my partner was the, the, the dear, my dear brother from the big city of Bugaloosa, Louisiana, or Angie, which one is from? Bugaloosa, <laughs> Bugaloosa. the paper mill. <laughs> Mr. Raji McGee. Yes. And y'all have a son together. Yes, uh, we have a, um, he'll be 27 this month. What's his name? Jalen. 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 As a matter of fact, Roger gonna have a grandson right, a that's grandson gonna be playing at LSU. Playing. Yes. Uh, that's not Joe's son, is it? That's Pam, Pam, Pam Hardy's son. And they're gonna be playing at LSU starting this, starting this fall. Starting supposed to be this fall. Right. So, so. Roger, Roger, Roger's still doing big things. Oh, like, yeah. To his, to yeah. his grandchildren. I, 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 I am excited to see McGee on the back of a jersey. You know, to see my, my step-grandson. Now, I'm very close to his father. To, okay. to the, the uh, I think he's the third. I'm close to his father. Okay. He's, I'm still mom to him, that's still my son. And I, the three boys are very close. Okay. Yeah, okay. we have pictures of the three boys for the baby's 21st birthday. They were together with their dad, and even though Roger's not my oldest son's father, that's daddy. Right, right. That's, that's daddy. Now let's talk about that, because I mean, when you got there, unless you, you were this beautiful, I'm gonna let you know that she still looked like she's college. <laughs> she, for real, for real. Had the big pretty legs, and you, you just still you have taken Thank done you. a great job Thank of taking you. care of you. Looking well. I appreciate that. Thank but you. But I remember when uh, when we found out that Elaine was pregnant. Pregnant. That was a shock to everybody. Uh, it, it, to it, be it, honest, it, it, it hurt. Like you know, yeah, Elaine pregnant. Elaine, yeah. I mean, because in college days back then, like, yeah, it know, didn't happen. Like oh, she pregnant. And like, that's the and this is the thing, Lyman, because everybody wanted to know, or they. They weren't brave enough to ask me. Oh, no, no, because you didn't play. Right. But what happened, um, you may have been gone, but what happened, I got real sick. I started having these horrible, horrible headaches. And this was the second time in my life I experienced that. And I want to say I was at Isolated Lake for like 14 days and, you know, missing school. And what, so I. What year up, was this? My sophomore year. That's what I'm saying. So it was, it My was, sophomore it was year. 80. Yeah. 80. So I was yeah. there. I remember that. And uh, so after my dad had made two or three trips and he and my stepmother were just like, no, we're going to get him, bring her home. And we're going to find out, get to the bottom of these headaches. Because like I said, this was the second time in my life. It happened to me in my senior year. So I had to resign. And I went home. I remember that. No, I forgot. And... Um, you know, started seeing a neurologist, and to be honest, they never really could say what what happened to me, what was going on with the headaches. So anyway, long and short, um, once I started feel, I started training because, of course, I was coming back to school, back to running. I started training, and I met someone in Houston. We started dating, and. I came back to school pregnant, didn't even know I was pregnant. <laughs> now that, that's the spring? This was, I got pregnant during the summer, but okay. I left this so, spring. So it was the fall, but the fall you coming back When I came fall. back, okay, right. Man. And so. Fall, uh, I was gone then, it was fall of 81. I never forget, I, uh, one of my best friends, um, her dad asked me to help her drive. She went to school in Chicago and he would fly me back to Baton Rouge. 
And so my dad said yes. So she picked me up. We went on Wayne State is where she went to school. And I left 98, 100 degrees in Texas and Louisiana, get up there and it's 60 degrees and I think I'm dying. And I'll never forget, I had a three-story house and we slept on the third floor. And I was so cold. Was pregnant, but I didn't know it. And every time I would have to come down them stairs, my breast was just, and I would walk like this. And she was, I said, I don't know, is it so cold? And I think, I only stayed one night, but I begged the, the, the father, please cut the heat on. And he said, babe, I'm sorry, we don't cut heat on in this house. Till the end. Oh, my, I slept in all my clothes, everything. I got up that morning, brushed my teeth, they took me, and that was it. When I got back to school, and you know, we start training. <coughs> I lost 14 pounds. While training? While training. So you figure it's all. And that usually happens. Right. And so, then I lost another six pounds. Now that part that's, scared me. That's 20 pounds. At that point, I felt like, I'm getting ready to die, I have cancer. Went to the infirmary, and I, I don't remember, Dr. Parker, old, old white man. <laughs> man came back and told me I was 10 weeks pregnant. 10 weeks pregnant. Total, I mean, flat as a, no, 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 no sickness, nothing, just the weight loss. And I remember calling my son's father and I said, that man just want to take your money, I am not pregnant. <laughs> I called the cousin, so I'm gonna take you to the doctor. We got to the doctor. And she said, well, if you 10 weeks, we should be able to hear the baby's heartbeat. So okay. So they put that ultrasound on there, and it's just rolling. You can't hear nothing. So you know, I walked out there. I said, they lied. I know I ain't pregnant. <laughs> Appointment four weeks later, I go back. <laughs> Total disbelief. Oh, you can hear it now. Oh, huh? yeah. Oh, oh yeah. You can hear Sound it. like horses. Sound like horses. And you said, what is this? That's what it took to make me that I was pregnant. So I went back and told all my teammates, and they were like, no, you, no, Elaine. Because, you know, of course, you know, we're young, and, you know, this was new to me. I've never been around, you know, pregnant women, pregnant girls. So I guess my perception of what you're like when you're pregnant, I didn't have anything like that. But anyway, long and short. I was pregnant. Um, I stayed in school. Of course, I had to go tell the coaches. So I stayed, and at that time, that was when they had the big change with uh, Lawrence C. Graves and Billy Maxwell. Billy Maxwell was from Tennessee. They were from Tennessee, the volunteers. Okay. So I told them, so, you know, no big deal. Um, stayed in school, and uh, that fall, I was living in an apartment and just praying that I had the baby during spring break. I'll never forget, I was living in an apartment, I went outside, I washed my car, trying to make the baby come down. I started jump roping, trying to make the baby come down. That little joker was determined. The doctor said your due date is the 15th, and you better know he came on the 15th of April. So, I had my son. Um, here he was born at Women's Hospital in Baton Rouge, uh, two weeks old. <coughs> my mother, my biological mother came from Bill Platt and got him and 
She kept him until he was about eight months old, and then he went to live with in Houston with my parents until I graduated. So. Yeah, that was that was interesting. Though. Oh yeah, that but, was. I thank mean, thank God for family. Too, exactly. Because that. They and a lot of people, a lot of parents, you know, especially. You know, what, I got pregnant at 21, I had him at 22. You know, they feel like, hey, you grown. You figure it out. But my dad, he's not that kind of man. Oh, your dad's be there every week. That's it. I mean, we, he was always That's it. The That's it. You know, my dad was like, you know, question, what do you want to do? And I said, I, I want to finish school. So do you want to get married? I said, no. He said, okay. And he and my mother worked it out that when the baby was born, she was going to take him. And then I think her health started failing, and so he ended up in Houston until I graduated. And my baby has been with me ever since. How old is he now? He uh, just made 39. 39? 39. 39 years old. Your baby is mm -hmm. 39? My baby is 39. You look like you 39 yourself. <laughs> <laughs> you look yeah. so good. I'm tell you, Lima, what's crazy is when Raji met me, I was not pregnant. But by the time he made it to LSU, I was pregnant. Okay, but hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay. Help us, help us understand. Okay, so. So you, 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 you was two years three. at LSU before you got there. Two, right. So um, I used to work for LSU football office. Right. Um, and on Saturday before game time, I would help with the recruiting. And, you know, I was always placed with um, a whole family. I was never placed with just a single athlete by himself. So you know how they have all the information of who was coming with them. So actually, Roger's first visit, uh, Mr. Seals, his, I want to say his government teacher brought him. And so they placed me with them. So we walked around and he was just like the green eyes. And I think the next three times he came. Next three times. I didn't see him. Oh, okay. I didn't go to work. I didn't see him. But you know, the girls came back. Are you looking for you? That right? big old country boy from Bogalusa. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, that little boy better go sit down somewhere. <laughs> that little boy. That little boy better go sit down somewhere. We're riding six four six okay. five. So then, uh, when they were having two a days. I was in the mall with my baby in his stroller, and he and Walden Cager worked together. Walden and Cager. I saw Walden, and he told me who he was in the mall with. I was like, oh, Lord, I got to hurry and get out of here. <laughs> and he come out the store, and he saw me. I saw, and that was our first time seeing each other. Now, he knew that I was pregnant because he came in January to a football game and my roommate begged me to go, I mean to a basketball game and I don't, I don't care for basketball so she begged so I went with her and we ran into him and he saw me and he was like, that wasn't there? I said, yes it was, you just didn't know it. And um, so of course when he saw me, what, in August, Jamarcus was born in April. So I had lost all the baby weight and back to my running weight and uh, I want to say Roger and I went to Chili's that same night and had dinner and I had to drop him off in his car. I had to take his car because he was going to be late for cur curfew if he was going to bring me back. And I kept Roger's car like three or four days because you know how it is, two a days and whatever. And Roger and I 
were inseparable. We all know that. Yeah. Until we divorced. Yeah, we all know that. Yeah. yeah. Y'all we was a pretty good couple. Yeah. Right? We were, good. that first day, we were, you know, he raised my son. Right. So, and that's daddy. And y'all so, was closing. So, did, did Piccadilly have anything to do with the divorce? No. <laughs> no. See, like, no. you start working that Piccadilly thing, no. things went south. No, things were south before that. Way but before that. Yeah, right, way then. before Piccadilly. All right. Yeah. Right, yeah. But, yeah. But, but Rajiv was, so. you know, a good guy. We all, still not good guy. Everybody know and respect him. Oh, and yeah. Him and Dalton yeah. and that crew there. They, they all played together. Yeah, that was his crew. And, but but you're, you're married at this time. I am married, happily married, to Michael Robertson, who is the head baseball coach at Texas Southern University, uh, starting his 14th or 15th season. Oh, okay. Um, very, very well respected in the Houston baseball community. Um, Mike coached at his alma mater, our alma mater, Forest Brook High School. He was the head baseball coach there. So his fourth season, he made history at our high school, first minority team to make it to a state championship. Oh, okay. Yeah, and then he left there and went to Prairie View and fourth season made history. Prairie View had never won a baseball swag championship. So he did it big time. He went back to back, two championships in a row. And then the athletic director that brought him to Prairie View left and went to TSU, Charles McClendon. And he's the only coach that he took with him. And Charles McClendon sounds like my football coach. <laughs> so Charles took Mike with him and he's won two SWAC championships at TSU. How did you meet Mike? Mike and I actually went to the same high school, but we didn't know each other at all. But when I returned home in 94, he was the head baseball coach at the sister school. So he, he was at my, the high school that we went to. I was at the rival high school. And we both taught physical education and coach. So through professional staff developments. You know, just seeing each other. And Forest Brook didn't have a baseball field. But my school did, Smiley. So the bus would bring them every day. I was coaching cross country and track. But his days, practice started with his boys running. And it was so crazy because I didn't really know him at the time. And I was like, I thought y'all told me he was the baseball coach. Because I, I would just see him on the track. And then that's how, you know, just from you know, like I say, just working together. And, and, and you still coaching? Yes, I went back to coaching eight years ago. Um, I had actually retired from coaching once I got my master's and started in administration. And after 10 years in administration, the district that I worked for in Houston was shut down by TEA. So, what is TEA? Uh, Texas Education Agency. They shut the whole district down. And so we were all terminated. I was a 12-month employee, so I was unemployed for 14 months. And then when I was able to get a job, I had to go back into the classroom, which for me is the gym, and back to coaching. But I took a different route, no longer high school, my first time middle school. So I coached and taught in one district for four years, and then I moved closer back into the Houston area. And so I just completed my fourth year at that school, but I just completed my 35th year in public education. 35th year? Yes. It's hard to believe. Where did <laughs> time go? Oh, yeah. 
Yeah. Where, well, you know, I started my teaching career here. Now, okay, but yeah, in, in Louise, in, in Baton Baton Rouge. Rouge. Yes. Okay, now, so your husband right now is at TSU. TSU. Where, where, our, where our friend and partner, yes. Brother Johnny, Johnny Jones. Jones. Yes. Yeah, so you ever run across Johnny? I've only seen Johnny once since he's been at TSU. And Johnny's the head basketball coach. He's the head coach. basketball coach. <coughs> Excuse me. And he won a championship a couple of years ago. Yes. Swipe championship yes. a couple of years ago. Yes. So you only ran across him one only, time? Yeah, only because I don't go to basketball. That's, okay. that's why. Um, you know, their games, by the time I get out of my practice, because I coach volleyball and track, so by the time I get out of practice, I'm not trying to get in the hustle bustle of Houston traffic, no. Okay. Now, if that was a baseball game, that'd be a little different. Well, you you got to go to baseball. Huh? I don't have to, but I choose to. <laughs> you, be, you, best that you, do, you better choose to go. Yeah. So, but, but, but he knows it. We, the one, like I say, when he and Mike met, you know, of course, of course, the conversation came up, you know, my wife, Elaine, and whatever. So he knows. And so. Now, now you'll your stay at, at, at your stay in Louisiana and at, at LSU. What was that like for you coming from Houston back then? You know, it, my experience at LSU and in Baton Rouge was absolutely wonderful. I, I had one of the best experiences. Being a child from military, um, my elementary years and my middle school years, I was mostly in predominantly white schools. Um, the high school that I attended was a new school and it was being built when I was in middle school. And so I literally had to beg my parents, I had to threaten them that I was gonna drop out of high school, I mean middle school, drop out in eighth grade if they did not allow me, because I'd never been to a black school. I didn't know what it was like. And so <clears throat> finally they agreed to let me go. And the you, first week, you wanted, you wanted to go back where you I left cried. Every, the first day I came home, my high school had 3,600 students, 900 freshmen. 3,600, like, that's a college. Exactly. And so the first day I came home and I cried and I told my parents, I didn't know it was this many black people in the world. <laughs> we had one white boy and he was in the band. Everybody else was black. I just thought, I didn't, I didn't realize that we had so many, it was this many black people. Well, why'd you cry though? Oh, I wasn't used to it. <laughs> you sound like, like the other folk, you was culture shock. Culture shock, I'm serious, culture shock. Now you culture shock with your own culture people. Culture shock with my own people. And they, they would sit. And so it was compromise of two middle schools. So. Now, this is middle school, this, they have 3,600 students. No, this was my high school. High school. But the high school was built, it was, it was, the feeder schools were two black middle schools. So if you went to B.C. Elmore, you sat on this side of the room. You went to Elmore, you sat on this side. So at any given time, they would have these miniature riots. Elmo, Northwood, Elmo, Northwood. And I'd be sitting here and somebody said, where are you from? I'm from out of the state. <laughs> You, you didn't fit in at all? No, no. I, I did not start gaining friends until track season. Oh, okay, we had to show off then. No, when I, when I started meeting people. Oh, and that's Yeah, okay. because yeah, I didn't talk great. to anybody. I was scared. It was crazy. Y'all had a huge track team then. We had, and then, so my high school and my rival high school, at the time that I ran track, we were the only two schools in Houston that had ninth graders. 
So high school was 10th, 11th, 12th. Okay. But my high school in Smiley had 9th, 10th, 11th, and 12th graders. So we didn't have a JV team. It was one team. And it must have been like the first day of practice, it'd be like 60 of us. And our two coaches would just, just stand and watch and just wait on them to start quitting. Be pressed, somebody quits, and we need something to quit. So by the time the season got started, it was about 35 or 40 of us. But it, it, it was just like every day, it was just a competition against your own teammates. Yeah, Y'all had the best of the best. Oh, yeah, we were awesome. Oh, yeah, they were cold. So it, it was just like every day, you had to bring it. It was tough. So they, they made you better. Oh, yeah. That, it was, let me tell you, we were so good, good. There was only, there were two sprinters that had the opportunity to run on a sprint relay as a freshman. It was myself and Bridget Williams, but this is how we ran if somebody was sick or hurt. <laughs> so that was it. So you had to sit there and wait. Hope, we hope pray there. somebody. Pray. <laughs> we, we pray somebody got hurt. We pray somebody. We, we prayed that the bus left somebody. That's the only way we got to run. And so it was the same for girls that ran on the team. So what he would do, Bridget would run on one relay, Elaine run on one. He, he wouldn't like not, you know, like, okay, Bridget get to run this week. So he would separate us. So Bridget get to run on this relay, Elaine run on this relay. So how bad it was, the first, my first day of practice, I didn't even know what the name of my races were. So I told my coach, I said, I want to run what they running. And he said, who? I said, them girls over there. He said, can you beat them? I said, no. He said, well, you can't run that. I said, it was uh, LD, it was, yeah. And so I didn't gain a spot until my sophomore year. Like a permanent. Good. Oh, it was That's awesome. Good sophomore it year. Was, so, I, so my two races that I ran every week was the one and the two. We, we would have. That's the 102. Right. We would have like 20 heats of the 100. 20 heats? Oh, yeah. And we ran Friday, Saturday, all day Friday and Saturday. You get home three o'clock in the morning on a Sunday morning. You get home one o'clock Friday, Saturday morning. But you sitting there waiting on your heat. Oh, you, yeah. you don't want to miss that. No. Right? And, and remember, it's only two that have ninth graders. Only two that have ninth graders. So to be 14 years old and make it to the finals, look how many girls you cut out, because only eight run in the finals. So do the math, look how many you cut out. Did I ever win? The 100 or the 200? No. But getting fifth place, sixth place was amazing. Uh, oh, yeah. And so my, my coaches were like, oh, yeah, she's she going to be all right. She's getting stronger every week. The district meet, I got third in the 100. I got third in the 200. You know, led up my freshman year. It was, it was awesome. Now, did you stay there? At my high school? Yeah. Oh yeah, all four years. Okay, so After my freshman year, you couldn't peel me. You cut me. It's gonna be some blue and gold. Yeah, it was blue and gold. Oh yeah, we we were the baby jaguars. <laughs> that was the name, jaguars. Jaguars. We every year at Texas Southern University, we sat next to Southern University. Every year, at Texas, we sat right next to them. Not not hold on. I say it again. So at Texas Southern University relays. Texas Southern University relays. We sat next to Southern University. To Southern University. We sat right on the side of them. Oh, so you were from out of bad room. Yes. Okay. Blue and gold, Jaguars. 
So we were the baby Jaguars. It didn't matter that they weren't from Houston. <laughs> so y'all rep- they, rep- they represented you all for as y'all was concerned. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So so you, you knew more about Southern than you did Oh, LSU. man. I had the biggest crush on a, on a hurdler at Southern University well, when was I was that? a baby. Matt Lede from Appaloosa, Louisiana. <laughs> Sounded like one of the red boys. Yes, uh, yes, yes, yes. Curly head Matt. Matt had a club on 90 Zantinis. Oh, you remember that? They oh, yeah. kept up with him. Oh, yeah. It? You remember yeah. Mel? Kimball? Oh, yes. I, I used to go visit Mel every weekend in Opelousas. <laughs> Mel, I saw her on Facebook one day. She looks good. Yeah. I, didn't know, I didn't know that was I, I, I haven't talked to Mel in years, but one of Mel's sisters lives in Houston. I thought she lived in Houston. But she might, I don't know. She might. Yeah. But I'm telling you, that's how long. The Mel used to hang with Chris. Yeah, Chris, Chris Bob. Bob. Yeah. Now, I know Chris is in Houston. Uh, Mel, I believe Mel is and too. She went, but I haven't talked to Mel. Like I say, I've, I used to talk to Jackie, the one that went to Gremlin. Okay. I used to talk to Jackie periodically, not very often, but we fell off the wagon ages ago. And I often wonder, and I've met people from Opelousas and asked about Mel. But yeah. well, Mel was always to herself. Yeah, but you know, okay. Mel, Mel Brothers, and one of Mel Brothers ran for some type of political office. Yeah, and so, you know, her family was very well known in, in Opelousas. Okay. But you don't stop at Opelousas anymore. What, you know what? I don't even go to Ville Platte. You don't go visit people in Ville Platte? Mm-mm. But they're, they're so few left yeah, right. there. Uh, ten kids, uh, my grandparents' ten kids, there's only three left. My dad and my two uncles, one uncle is in California, one is in Dover. So, just... Now, you, you, but you're in Baton Rouge today visiting with some family oh my friends. God. And I saw you yesterday with my uh, sister-in-law. Yes. Adrian uh, White. Who was one of my very closest friends. And I forgot you and Adrian was that close. Oh, God. I truly did. Yeah. 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 Adrian and Albert. Yeah. Did they, they, they just come pray for you? Man, let me tell you. Uh, I, I say that my child, my oldest child, is alive today because of Adrian and Albert. They came to visit. The first time they came to see him after he came home from the hospital, I was giving him a bottle of water and he uh, started choking on the water. And of course, I'm a new mom, never been raised around babies. You know, I'm the youngest, and so I don't know anything about that. And I'm holding him, getting ready to throw him in the air somewhere. And she grabbed my shoulders and he took the baby out of my hands. Who did? Albert. Okay. Yeah. And uh, she was holding my shoulders, trying to calm me down. And Albert started praying over my baby. And then he started blowing in his face. And about 12 seconds, he just spit up the water and started breathing. I'll never forget that, Lyman. Now you talking about your firstborn? My firstborn. He was like, he couldn't have been no more than five to seven days old. Yeah. And it just so happened that they stopped they, in. They, it was the first time they came to my house to bit, to see the baby. And I had just hung up with my mom and she was like, you, you haven't given that baby any water. So mama, nobody told me to give him any water. You know, I, I didn't know anything about raising a child. And so she told me what to do, put a little Cairo serve. So, and I don't know if he was trying to suck so fast or if it was just a different texture in his mouth. I don't know what happened. But you know, I'm sitting on the bed, they're in the room, we laughing and talking and I'm 
feeding the baby, and then he just, and I start screaming and getting, I was getting ready to throw him in there. You didn't know what to do. Didn't know what to do. <laughs> throw him in there. Oh yeah, I was gonna throw him. And uh, <laughs> Abba just kind of got him. And Adrian held my shoulders down and well, come. And they, just, he just started praying over my baby. He was just holding him right here, little old bitty thing, just praying, praying. And then he started blowing in his face. And you know, and that water came up. And you talking about that's thirty nine years ago. Yes. And it's almost forty years that he's still yes. delivering people and delivering for just people. as that's and right. That's what he doing. Yes, that's amazing. That's it. That's you know, that's nothing but I'm. T I'm telling you, I, I, I don't want to speak anything on my child, but I honestly believe, had they not been there, it would have been a different outcome. Because you was clueless. Yeah, you just, you know, when you panic, you don't, you can't think. You know what I'm saying? When you panic, you can't think. As a coach now. When something happens to one, I can think. But that was my child, and I was 22 years old. That's that's a big difference. So, mm. yeah. Did you graduate from LSU? Oh, yes. It took a minute, but I did. <laughs> it took a minute. It took a minute. No, not not girl G. Oh, well, what happened? <coughs> As a physical education major, I had a block class, and the first time I took it, I made a D. So you make one D, you get three. So the second time I took it is when I had to resign. So the school started in January, resigned in February. So there you go. Start all over again. Start all over, come back in the fall. Third go round, I finally passed it. That's a year and a half later. Yeah, so, yeah. And then, uh, yeah. So it was, it was, you know, it was, it was still a very good experience. Now, I remember you when you, uh, back in the LSU days, and you were good friends with quite a few girls. Now, some of y'all, they say, oh, Elaine kind of messy. Really? They say, Elaine would speak her mind. Well, let me, let me tell you what one of the problems was, okay? Elaine was the only one that had a car. Uh-oh. And Elaine didn't go out. So, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, who was knocking on my door? Every Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And, I, and me and my roommate on Graham Hall, on the fourth floor, with last door on the right. On the fourth floor? On the fourth floor, <laughs> on the fourth floor. <laughs> and they would come knocking, because I don't know who had a car. <laughs> I look at my room. Yeah, you be ducking your friends. Because yeah, I didn't no, go out. Not nobody out there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I didn't go out. You didn't go out there? No. So, you know, I'm their ticket. I'm their ride. Uh-oh, uh-oh. Everybody need a ride back yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah. With Smacks. What was that? Smacks? Smack Water Jacks, girl. <laughs> now, I'm not saying that I've never been out, but I'm saying, you, you know, you, that Thursday Friday out. said no. Back, back yeah. Jack with the spot. That's it. Across the river over Across there. the river. Over and so, was, you know, uh, I, I, you know, yeah, I was kind of snooty, see. you know, they might say. Smackwater Jack was on Belmore, some Belmore. See, I can't even tell like you. Dallas over there. Yeah. Dallas. But, but I just, you know, I that was just not me. I, I, you know, I, I guess I, I, I forgot. I mean, you you was you was you didn't play that. I'm yeah, telling you. and that's it. And you handled yourself yeah. quite well. Now, did you play it? In the no, I did. Oh. That's probably the probably the worst memory of college for me. That's the worst memory. Because I I was rejected. 
Rejected. Oh, so okay. Hold on, hold on. Hold on. Let, okay, let me let me explain. So I didn't go out. Okay. But my weakness, and it still is to this day, is TV. I'm I'm not a music big music person, but I'm a TV person. Okay. That's my relaxation. Okay. <clears throat> go to practice. Do what I'm supposed to do. Take a shower. Go eat come in my room and watch TV all night. What's the missing piece that you did not hear? Come in your room, take go a shower. Go to class, I went to every class. You go eat? I go, go, I go to class, go to practice, shower, go eat, come back, and TV. I hear the homework. That's right. <laughs> but let me tell you what happened, right? So you know I'm new, new kid. You sit in the cafeteria, with, what do the football players tell you? Just go to class. You don't get a grade? Just go to class. Just go to grade, just show for class. At just least. go to class. And that's what I did. And I'll never forget, at the end of that first semester, the young man that I was dating, he say, well, why you didn't study? <laughs> I said, because they didn't tell me to study. Boy, you know he must have thought, and, and, and the sad part is, is his intellect level and his GPA is like, how dare you? So you said you went to class. Oh yeah, I didn't miss class. You followed what the, what the football players yeah, told you right, That's what they told me. You go to class. Go to class, don't miss class, you gotta go to class. So you did that? I did that. Went but, to practice, went to eat, came home and watched TV all night long. But you didn't study. Oh no, I ain't study. <laughs> <laughs> I figured they was gonna give me a grade because I ran track and I went to class. So you said that worked for the football player? I, I don't know nothing I, about that. I don't know nothing hey, about that. I'm not gonna say who it worked for, but I'm gonna tell you who it didn't work for. So anyway, long and short, when I thought I was ready to pledge, I had a two four nine. That sounds pretty good to me. Yeah, well, you had two five. <laughs> two four two four nine. That sounds good. So <coughs> I um. If I did pledge, it was going to have to be in the fall because, you know, track and spring don't mix. So the semester prior to me, I knew several of those girls, good friends of mine, and uh, somebody had a 2-4, so I thought, okay, I'm going to be okay. So I made it through the, I don't know what the first level is, the first chapter, whatever, I don't know. I'm going to just say maybe like the LSU chapter. I made it through that. Got the regional paperwork, made it through that. Delta Sigma Theta had a new president. 249, reject. You got rejected from I the got Delta rejected. Sigma Theta. Lime, LD, I cried, I cried. I, I was so ready. All your friends were Delta Sigma Let me tell you, yeah? the year that LSU played Rice, I want to say seven. Oh, that was every year. We played se well, every year. Well, seven or eight girls came home with me, and my father didn't go to college, so they were explaining. These were deltas, explaining, you know, what it meant to be, what he could expect. Oh, they just enlightened him, right? This is what she gonna be going through. Oh, oh they getting your daddy ready? Yeah, all this happened to say this was the same semester. Okay. Uh, so you brought them to back. You brought well, them to well, 
you know, they, they, oh, we, we were coming to, to the game. He was coming to the game. Yeah, okay. And, you know, everybody boyfriend played. So, you know, we all stayed at my parents' oh, yeah. house. Oh, yeah. And so while they were there, they were telling my dad about, you know, what the sorority was and what it mean. And, you know, just kind of. So he was, you know, okay. And it must have been about three, four weeks after when all this happened. I was crushed. I never cried so hard in my life. My poor roommate didn't come home for two days. <laughs> just thrown, just unbelievable. You want to be a Delta. I want to be a Delta. But the evening ended with a knock on my door. Red eyes, red face, open the door. Apologies, I didn't make it but an offer to pledge, AKA. <laughs> AKA came knocking. AKA came, came knocking. knocking. Okay, and what, what happened with AKA? Oh, no, 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 thank you. You want to be a Delta? Yeah, no, second hand, no, that's not, no. Uh, uh, I, I'm not gonna go just because, so. I never did. So when people ask me now, did you play? Yep, track side five. <laughs> track side five? Track side five. Well, that's when we did the same thing for football, we just. Yeah. But just. Why you, why you didn't pledge in the grad chapter? Well, <clears throat> when I was teaching in Fort Bend at Bush High School, my associate principal was a Delta. And I, I didn't know that they were doing a graduate chapter, a graduate line. Mm -hmm. And so it was the last week. And when I had told her, you know, my story, she used to, yeah. So she went through all this red tape to get me into that last meeting on that Sunday. I'm coming. I, I was ready. You know, Monday through Friday, you run on Fridays, you run on Saturdays, and Fort Bend is a nice little piece from where we live. So Sunday was my only rest day. It was the day I, you know, cleaned up, washed, got a chance to kind of chill a little bit. Man, Sunday morning came around. I kept looking at that clock. So I ain't finna drive to Fort Bend. Because <laughs> I gotta go back out there for Monday morning. So I just said, skip it, I didn't go. You missed that opportunity. Boy, that girl was so mad at me. She went through all that she to get you there? Yeah, she I, went through a lot. I would've been mad too. Yeah, she didn't talk to me for about two months. Oh, you, you want to get back at her? Because what the other Delta did too, that no, that's all like. No, that's no, all they no. Get no, back. no. Now, it has presented itself again with uh, a LSU athlete, uh, Patricia. Patricia played basketball. I can't think of Pat's last name. Pat played basketball at LSU. She now resides in Houston, works for a uh, larger school district, HISD. And so we run into each other. So <coughs> when she, you know, found out or whatever, she told me, she said, we're going we gonna to get you into a grad chapter. And then she had her husband's 50th birthday party was during the heat of COVID. And there were several Deltas that I know from LSU, they were younger than me. And everybody was all excited. Elaine coming, Elaine here, coming. Here we go again. Elaine, but this, this was not for me to get into. I was just going to, because I hadn't seen these girls. Oh, okay. You know, these girls are like Roger's era. But there was several of them that was at the thing. But I guess the more I thought about it, I, you know, COVID was in the heat of COVID, and I was like, nah, I'm not going to no house gathering. Nah, it was too bad. But I work with a Delta, now I coach with a Delta, and she's like hot on me, you know. So you end up doing it for you, for you leave this earth? You know what? Uh, 
somebody just recently told me somebody that I'm very good friends with in Houston just pledged a grad chapter uh, Delta and then just maybe a year or so ago Junius Durrell yeah, Judy's and Karen. Yeah. Karen just pledged. Oh, Karen? Yes. Congratulations, I saw that. Karen. I saw that Karen. online. Yeah, but Karen, They're in Corpus I Christi. Know, I thought Karen been AK. Me too. I was shocked. <laughs> but she is a true Delta. I was shocked. And I, I don't mean nothing by that, Karen. Right. And to this know. day, I say that I need to call and congratulate her because I don't think she ever knew my plight with, you know, well, she probably, you, wanting she probably, she to. She might have heard your story. You might be just hating yeah. on Karen. Oh, no. No, yeah, no, no. No, they're Karen and I with no. Mm -mm. Karen and I, has, we've uh, even seen each other since they've been in yeah, Corpus Christi. I, I saw her in Jewish, I guess, four or five years ago. They was in town. Yeah, she, um, when their baby, their baby and my baby graduated the same year, and Karen and them came down here. I, I, want, I don't remember if it was for her to visit. Kayla visited a school or something, but we, we had the uh, opportunity to see each other that weekend. But uh, when I saw that she had pledged, I was so happy. You, you know, know, just I, I like. I wouldn't have thought Karen would have pledged. Yeah, I wouldn't either. She but um, she know Karen is a teacher. Oh, I didn't know. Yeah, yeah Karen, educated. yes, okay. yes. And so, of course, all of that made me so happy because, you know, because I'm an educator and you know, to see, and she came in kind of late, but it just like my heart was just like, oh my God, Kay is teaching. You know, I, I'm just, you know, a sucker for educators. So, but this, so for almost for how many years? Thirty-seven years. For what? For that Delta, you still, you still not a Delta. No, still you, not a Delta. Delta, you got to. Still not hey, a Delta. I, I don't want. I don't know if I, I need to cut this off. I don't want to call you a reject Delta. Now. No, don't call me that. That's that. Don't do. Don't do <laughs> that. Like you that, hurt huh? my feelings. I hurt your feelings. Don't hurt me. Don't hurt. Don't hurt. But you want. You just want to be a Delta. That's I, you know, I, because you're friends and you the camaraderie you've developed with exactly. them. Exactly. Now, okay, let's get back to the track and field at, at LSU. Now, how did you do? Y'all was a new program. We were only, there were only 14 of us. 14? 14. On a, on a whole track team? On a track team. And you left from 50, 60 at your high school? Oh, yeah. There was only uh, four African Americans. And who were they? Who were they? It was myself, <coughs> Elaine Smith, Lana Zimmerman, and a girl from Paducah, Kentucky, Lynn Maxwell. No, none of them ring a bell. You know Lana Mitchell? I know Lana. Oh, yeah. yeah. You don't remember Elaine Smith? I got to see him. Been a long time. I can't believe. It's been a long time. I can't believe you don't remember Elaine. Uh, okay. Well, anyway, um, my roommate, my first college roommate, Francine Gilmore, uh, married Mike Quigley. A di he was a distance runner. Francine was a mid-distance runner. But um, they were a part of the team. And then the twins, uh, Pat and Patricia Hoff Hoffman, I think. No, I don't know if that was their last name. No, it was Danica Hoffman. And then it was a girl named Donna. Uh, I think Lana Zimmerman may have come after me. But... I mean, we just come watch y'all run and support y'all. Yeah, we were brand new. Uh, none of us, well, I'm not going to say none of us, maybe one or two of them. Stacy, she was a real bleach blonde, real pretty, looked, looked just like a Barbie doll. Stacy. Um, 
Anyway, uh, maybe one or two from the New Orleans area had run together, and quickly Mike's little sister. But the majority of us, you know, had never, especially the, the, the African Americans, because like I say, Lynn was from Kentucky. Uh, Lyman, I can remember uh, at a track meet, I was running ankle leg for the four by two. And I can remember standing and looking at how far back we were in last place. <laughs> and I remember standing there looking, doing this. Ain't no hope, right? I was like, you know, and the, the thing is, is because we were first, everything we did was a record. You know, we all let it. <laughs> you know, let 14. Yeah, 14 of us. But now LSU has is a powerhouse. A dynasty over there. Yes. And with that Pat Hendry built a, yeah. a serious track. Yeah. Well, program. really, when that team first started coming to life was Billy Maxwell and Lawrence Seagraves. Okay. That's who first, that's who started turning that, that program around. It was Billy Maxwell and Lawrence Graves. So you remember the name? Oh yeah, Lauren was a, a exercise physiologist. You know, he knew whatever pain, he, he knew exactly, you know, what to do or whatever. But, uh, oh yeah, it was Lauren, it was Lauren Seagraves and Billy Maxwell who initially turned that program around. And at that time, so y'all weren't thinking about the Olympics or anything oh. like that? <laughs> <laughs> we were just worried about making it to the next meet. But you know who, who one of our, you know who our graduate assistant was? No, remember? I'm, but it, she only did it for that one semester, Pam. Oh yeah, Pam Jobs. Yeah, she was yeah, our Pam graduate was assistant. My my my. Pam uh, did a great job. That, too. but she only stayed with us that one semester, and then Pam left. Which went to New Orleans. I'm Orleans. not sure if she went. Yeah, I think she went to New Orleans. But so like spring, she wasn't with us. The girls' track coach was Rhonda McManus. Rhonda came from Tennessee State. They called her ponytails, <laughs> and I yeah. never forget. Rhonda told us. As long as I don't beat you, and I'm looking at this chick like she ran a 22 and a 200. She, <laughs> how many of us gonna beat her? Yeah, but Rhonda McManus, but she, Rhonda was um, a runner, but she wasn't a coach. Okay. You know, you can have a right. runner, but you can't. And that, and that was that was Rhonda, soft spoken. Just, you know, we need that. Nah. Somebody strong. We needed some, yeah, somebody strong. I mean, we weren't bad. You know, we weren't bad but, but kids. But just sitting up, but just started. Right, exactly. Right. We needed, you know, we needed Boots Garland. You know, we needed Boots. You know, right. but they turned over the girls' program. And Boots Garland was there, so he wouldn't help y'all. Yeah, he did, but, yeah. you know, but like I say, he, you know, they turned over, they hired her. So you had to earn your keep. So you, she was there for how long? I don't know. She left. She left. She didn't stay very long. So did you stay? You ran track the whole no. four years? No, 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 no. Remember, I got pregnant. Oh, that's right. Remember, that's I got right. sick. I got pregnant. Now, <coughs> one of the best offers that I had was after I had my son. And I told you, C. Graves was an exercise physiologist. So C. Graves wanted to do a experiment, a test, a trial and error. C. Graves wanted me to come back and run after I had my son. 
they were going to put me back on scholarship. Because <clears throat> remember when, well, I don't know how much you kept up a track when Evelyn Ashford had her baby. Mm -hmm. Evelyn Ashford came back twice as strong. They say a woman comes back twice as strong after you have a child. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, but if you just think about some of our newest, some of the most recent Olympians. And baby. Thank you. So anyway, <clears throat> I would have been his first one. I started training that fall, started training, and he told me I'm gonna bring you back slow. Because remember, I left in the spring, I was training before I left. I started training back in Houston, but it's a difference when you're training by yourself versus with a coach or a trainer. Came back in the fall, started training, and within four to six weeks, I found out I was pregnant, so that was it for track. So I hadn't competed in, what, two years. So Lauren wanted to bring me back slow, but he told me, he said, you will not be able to compete until the spring. So I started <coughs> coming back real slow. And then I got that call from Amelia Lee, Dr. Lee, in the physical education department. And she said, you are eligible to do your student teaching in the spring and graduate. <laughs> so it so became, I could graduate. I'm out of here, peace out. And that's, that was the end of my track. So you graduate on time? No. You did? It took me five years. Five years? Five. Okay, Which, all the things took place. Yeah. So you was going to run your fifth year? Yes. You know they give you four to complete five. Right. They give you five to complete four. four. Right. Yeah. Hmm. But, you know, what was most important, I was a mother. And I wasn't raising my son. He was being raised by my parents, but the type of parents I have, I saw my son every weekend. Every single weekend of his life, I saw him. It brought it to you. I have a, a stepsister, I'm five years older than she is. My dad would put her on a plane and I would drive to New Orleans and I would meet my sister in the airport and get my baby. And she would go back home and then on Sundays, I would meet my sister or I would drive to Houston every with my baby I was I've, I've been his only mama so your baby was flying on a regular back on a regular my, I've, I've always been the only one that was mama he never because you know he did not but I was always mama so for every weekend for 18 months my parents made it possible for me to see my child spend the weekend with my baby that, that, that still touches you. Oh yeah, you, you know that's it. a lot, and that's, this is a stepmother. This is a stepmother. Now, was, who is your real, who is your mother? She's deceased. Oh, deceased. Yeah, she, but she, she, she passed after I graduated. She, she passed once when we moved to Houston because my baby was born when she passed. Okay. Mm -hmm. From Ville Platte. She had remarried, she was living in Ville Platte. Oh, your mother was from Ville Platte? Too. Both of them. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Born okay. and raised. Now who, but your dad is of a dream. My father's of a dream. So how is Greg kidding to you? Greg's, <coughs> Greg's mother and my father are kids of two brothers. That close? That close. Greg's grandfather has green eyes. My grandfather have green eyes. That's where the green eyes come from. Jennifer Vadreen, Jennifer Vadreen and Greg's mother are two sisters. Mm, okay. And my dad is their first cousin. So my grandfather lived on this end of the street, 
and Greg's grandfather lived on this end of the street. They lived on the same street. My grandfather died years. I was four years old when he died, but Greg's grandfather lived for a long time. So you didn't really know your grandfather? Oh yeah, I, I, mm -hmm. I knew him. Okay. Yeah, I knew Pop, I knew Pop. And I, and I knew, you know, my eyes, where they came from. Green, green, beautiful green eyes. Mm. Yeah. Even though I came from a broken home, my parents separated when I was in the 10th grade, got back together when I was in 11th grade, and my mom left again my senior year. So I was raised by my father. Mm. That's why you got so much admiration for your dad. That's yeah. it. But my dad was not the type of man that put a rope around my neck. You know what I'm saying? Um, I started driving uh, a car in the 11th grade. Hell, my senior year, I, I drove a brand new Cadillac to school every day. Brand new Cadillac? Oh yeah, my daddy bought a new Cadillac and something was wrong with my car, so. You some stayed wrong with your car, because yeah. you ride that Cadillac. Yeah, so, you know, I, I, I was blessed and fortunate. Um, my dad's thing in life was he always wanted to make sure that we had a better life than what he had. Mm. And he did that. And that was the military. Went in when he was 17. He got out when he was 37. <coughs> Went to work for a huge chemical plant in the Pasadena, Houston area. Retired from that. So he had that. He had his military. And I want to say maybe a, two years after I got home, bored, went to work for Enterprise. I go into some enterprises now and they still know my daddy. <laughs> he, put the, works, he put it in. He works for his church. He's very respected in his community, in his church. Um, one of my high school classmates visited me a couple of weeks ago after I had surgery. Tell daddy, I said, when I talked to Pam about two years ago, how's Mr. Lincoln? Charlene, be sure and tell your daddy, you know. Yeah. But m my dad always made sure, I'm, I'm the only one that went to college and that was my choice. My brothers had the same opportunities that I had. He provided for all of us. But it's like when I got to LSU, a car was nothing. It was a vehicle that got me from A to B. So. I didn't get to school with a new car and wasn't used to nothing. You know, I always had money. I always had nice everything. So none of that was new to me. This is, that was my life. So I didn't get excited and lose my mind when I got away from my dad because my dad never put a rope around my neck. He always allowed me the flexibility, the freedom, and he trusted me, and I gave him no reason not to. Mm. So, you know, honestly, like when I listen to some people, I, I don't know that part of life. And I, I thank God for my, my, my dad, my mom, even being the way that they were. You know, I cook, I cook my butt off. And people ask me, how, how did you learn? I don't know. Because my mom was a stay-at-home mom from the seventh grade until Mm. You know, did I cook? No. Did I clean up? No. Because my mom cleaned up. When we got home, our dinner was ready. My mom folded the clothes, had your clothes put on the bed. All you had to do was put them up. The first time I tried to make gumbo, I 
The roux on my leg, first time I tried to fry chicken, picked up the basket, didn't know it was hiding in my face. How, I don't know where these qualities. So I know you do all that for your husband now. Oh yeah. Oh, Mike get the same bit of treatment? Oh yeah. We got to ask Mike. Oh, you ask him. You ask him. <laughs> Mike, tell, I don't know what you're talking about. Nah. Hey, my clothes ain't folded up. Yeah. Get the gumbo. Yeah, yeah okay. but, you know, so I, I was, you know, in, in the time and era that we grew up, I was truly one of the blessed and the fortunate ones, you know. But you know, you know, sitting here and watching you and hearing you, the love, the admiration, the respect that you have for your dad. Oh my God. That's powerful. Lyman, let me tell you something. I, I used I, to I have. I wish my daughter would feel that way about You know, me. I used to have thoughts like when I was at LSU, if something happened to my dad, I used to just have thoughts and I'd be like, y'all might as well put me in a casket with him because I'm not gonna make it, mm. you know? It's like I am, what, 61 years old and I'm still my daddy's baby. But I have a younger sister. My dad and my stepmother, had a, they have a daughter, I have a sister, but it's like I'm still, just like yesterday, when I was, my dad called, I haven't called him back yet. <laughs> when I had surgery, my husband was in the SWAG championship. Who who took me? Who stayed with me? Your daddy. Until my godmother got there. My daddy. Yeah. That's my daddy. That you know? Who who did my baby live with until I graduated? So in other words, you know your daddy had your back. Oh yeah, always. Yeah, that's Lyman, let me tell you. <clears throat> I would call my daddy and say, Daddy, we running in Austin, Texas this week. I'd look up and my daddy walking. <laughs> cross it, it cross the field. You. Anyway, my daddy was right there. You, it's a, you would say, well, that's my daddy. That's my daddy. That's my daddy. Even other children. Other children Everybody too. knew. That's Mr. Lincoln. Everybody knew. Everybody, everybody knows. I'm telling you, the, the house I'm... How's Mr. Lincoln? Tell Mr. Lincoln. When I talk to Greg, how your daddy doing? Plus, they know how much you love your oh, daddy. Oh, yeah, that's my daddy. Okay. And it, let me it, tell it, you, it, and my stepmother is my mama. Your stepmother still here? Who? She still here? My stepmother is my heart. What's her name? Freddie. Who? Freddie. Freddie, leave a dream. R E D D? I E. Okay. That's my heart. Oh, when good. when I got married, when I got married, and it was time to walk the people in, <coughs> my godmother was walked in first. My stepmother was walked in second, and my biological mother was walked in third. My my stepmother, my stepmother, and my godmother were seated on the same, on the second row together. And my mother was seated on the first row. And at the end of the wedding, I gave my godmother a dozen of long stem red roses, me and Raji. We gave my stepmother the same thing and we gave my mother the same thing. I was so blessed and fortunate to have three mothers in my life. My mother's deceased, my godmother's still living lives in Houston, maybe seven minutes from me, mm. and my stepmother.
So you still got all these people still I still have my stepmother, my godmother, and they are my world. They are my world, and my both of my boys are real close to my stepmother. You have no daughters? None. Two grandsons. Probably because you still want to be the baby, that's why. That's no, why I, I, want want <laughs> I want a granddaughter. I want a granddaughter. I want a granddaughter. You still want to be the baby, that's I why. Want a, I'm my daddy's baby, but I want my own. You want your old daughter? Yeah, I want you a granddaughter. You're going to spoil her? Oh, big time. Now, let, let's go back about, <clears throat> although you did not, track was different for us, for sports, particularly for women's track back then. It was just getting started. At LSU, yeah. But the new thing that, that that's for the athletes to benefit male and female. That what do you call it? NIL? NIL? No. Yeah. NIL. Whatever image and likeness, the thing. Mm. Name, image, and likeness. You're not familiar with that? Mm -mm. Well, you know, where athletes now can profit from their yeah, name. Yeah, I did hear that. It's the NIL. Yeah. Yeah. Name, image, and likeness. Yeah. I mean, we couldn't do that no, back in no, our day. No, no, so no. Aren't you, they supposed to be getting able to make money? Yeah, they can, uh, you know, if Mike could give them a million dollars, <coughs> they have given you some know, people a million dollars. I, I guess, I guess I, I probably have mixed emotions. When I think about, uh, example, like my, my ex-husband that, you know, came up, uh, you know, with not a lot, you know, and his, my former mother-in-law worked hard to provide for Raji. And, you know, like I even look at some of my husband's uh, players. I've seen BMWs, I see Camaros, I see nice two F50 trucks, you know, and then I see some kids that depend on their teammates for a ride just to practice, you know what I'm saying? So when I look at, and I think about even my my ex-husband, you know, from a kid that comes from nothing, that has nothing, whose parents, you know, his main, it was his mother that worked hard to provide to make sure that if Roger wanted something to eat after the cafeteria closed, he could go get something. So in situations like that, you know, I think it, it, it may be good. But then on the other hand, y'all were the real athletes. Nobody gave y'all nothing, but you made it. And you knew that you had to work hard. And it gave you something to, Andrea, to look forward to. You know what I'm saying? Um, so I, I have mixed emotions. You know, if somebody give you a million dollar contract now as a college player, yeah, of course you have a whole lot to look forward to if you make it in the NFL, but is it too much? So I have mixed emotions about it. You know, mm -hmm. I'm, I don't know. I don't know if, is, is there such thing as a cutoff or they can only get a certain amount or whatever they paying you, whatever you know? They, whatever you can negotiate. And so I just, I don't know. I, I have mixed emotions about that. I'm, I'm kind of old school, so, you know, I may lean more towards, hey, their time is gonna come. And what if, what if there are players, a lot that we know, that that time didn't come? You were blessed, you were fortunate. How many of your brothers were fortunate that made it? You know, so I don't know. 
I don't know. And, and that may be something that we may be looking at with my grandson seven you know, or eight years from know, now. Maybe if he, if right. he, continue if he playing, continues, you know, you know seven or eight years from now. But you know, like, like with my grandson, my grandson has five or six bats and each one of them costs anywhere between four and six hundred dollars. And he just sling them and throw them like it's nothing. You know, he, he, you know, he has the finest of, of every piece of equipment that he could possibly have. What, what does he have to work for? Because whatever he needs, it's given to him. exactly. And that's good, but it's also... It can be a hindrance. Right. You know, so it's like, you know, do you want to just give, give, give? I, I don't know. I just think about so much that could go south with that. But at the same time, everybody is not the same. But if I just have to think about my little grandson, how he is now, everything is given. Doesn't have to work for nothing. Now, he goes to practice and yet work, but wow, really? You know, and then the way Papa have to get on him and fuss at him and, you know, it's just like, but Mike, you keep giving, giving, giving. So if you're going you, you to fuss, you need to balance it all. Yeah, kind of stop, get, make him work, make him earn it. You know, and, and Jamarcus does have the mentality that everywhere he go, everybody's supposed to treat him like, now he's, he doesn't walk around, he's not a arrogant or cocky. He's he's not arrogant or cocky, yeah. but he. Now, probably proud of people say he get he get a little that from his grandmother. No, he I say he's not. <laughs> okay, but he kind of well, you know usually arrogant and cocky. But he's you know, not. But he's not. Mm. But, but you don't see it in him. No, I'm not okay. seeing it. And, and maybe when he gets older, but like right now. Mm -mm. You know, he's a confident young man. That's a great thing. Uh, he he like he he does private lessons. He you know he has pitching a pitching coach. A former uh, MLB mm -hmm. player. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, I told you. Oh, you know, at ten years, nine years old. He he's been. To, oh yeah. You know, a pediatrician. My first child's pediatrician here used to always tell me about investing, and he said that's the problem. We don't invest in our kids. We will go spend da 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 for this, but what about this? One of my coworkers told me the other day, for her little niece, she spent $4,500 for Sylvan Learning Center for four weeks, for four hours a day, for Monday through Thursday, two hours of reading, two hours of math. How many of our people gonna do that? You know, it's, you gotta balance the child. We always got, we invest in one aspect. But, but we're not. We're not investing in the other. Right. And that's so true in our community. In our community, that's what we do. And, but on, with your children and grandchildren, you're doing both? We're doing, doing so far. So far. You know, uh, he has to have a math tutor. So provide that for him. Mm. You know. When I get back, you know, my husband is on me. Let's do reading. So he wants to go math and reading, which he needs. So. Yeah, you know, but if he getting everything that he's want to, that he needs, and you do you work with him academically, like that, then he should be. You can be a powerhouse. Exactly. All the way around. Exactly. That's what you want. Exactly. And that's what y'all working towards. Exactly. 
Well, I'm no dumbest. And I don't. I can. I can see why your husband. He's the baseball coach. Mm-hmm. So he want to see his own. See, mm-hmm. you know, go go to the next level. Yeah. Or start be a star player. That would be what greater feeling would that be? Uh, exactly. For him to say, my grandson. Right. But at the same time, let's keep him well rounded. Yeah, let's let's not get him to a LSU or a Rice with no grades. You know, no, we we no, we can't do that. You know, and that's one thing I can honestly say about my husband's team. Uh, he has, and and I know I don't know the correct words for it, but like like the baseball team has the highest academics GPA here his the baseball team is the highest they have the highest yeah you you're not bringing the three three oh that's pretty dog oh yeah oh yeah they have the highest he's the he he's the real deal he have set standards for his program and they are very high and that means he can recruit yes some some good players yeah He, he can recruit good players but the problem is what does he have to offer? You know, Texas Southern University is one of the HBCUs that don't have their own field. They don't have a stadium. They don't have a field. They don't have a field? We play at McGregor Park in Third Ward <laughs> where, where, the, where the, uh, the homeless park in the benches. That's where? That's his Te- home field. Texas Southern University. Say it loud. Play their baseball games at the home games. He don't have a dressing room. Well, yeah, I need to send Coach uh, Kadar over there from Southern. Co- him and Kadar are very good friends. Because Kadar didn't have Kadar. They're very good friends. They're very good friends. Okay, yeah. Okay. Cool. yeah. made it happen for Southern yeah. University. Yeah, yeah, but you you have the backing of Southern University alumni. That's putting it back, right? Well, no, Coach Kadar would be honest with you. I hate to say it is, but Kadar tapped into some other resources on the other side of town. LSU was one of the people that put some people who went LSU to LSU put some lights. Put the lights up. I there know about the lights. To get it started. I know about the lights, but and from there, Coach Kadar started figuring it out. But, but, like. Like, I will give my husband suggestions and say, do this, do that. And then he says, I can't. Okay. I, I have to go through. His hands are, his hands are tied. Yeah. So he can't just do yeah. what he want yeah. to do. Oh, yeah. Because I, I'm, I'm going to be his biggest cheerleader. And let me tell you, I will Soon. get on that Internet. I will find every doctor, every lawyer, every business, black business. That's a TSU graduate. Oh yeah, but he he says, I made a decision to come to LSU. You heard what one of the last things I said. I don't know if you remember when I saw that indoor track. All right. So see, I know what that feels like. I hate cold weather. I hate rain. So when the weather is horrible, where do you practice at at LSU? You go in the indoors. I ran on a dirt center track for four years. <coughs> So I know what it's like to choose. So, would you, but what concerns you as a mother, but a wife, and you want your husband to succeed? 
you know. But and that's almost impossible from the situation that he's in. It's almost impossible, but the thing is, he's made it happen. He's won two SWAG championships. In Gregory Park. At McGregor Park. My husband finances his teams by playing LSU, by playing Texas, by playing Kansas. That's that's the money he get to run the pro run his program with. Now, but he still has one. You say one of the highest academic. Oh yeah, he 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 has the best. He has the best academic advisor. And she's his and Janice, the best academic advisor. So although he can't recruit the top recruits, so he don't get people out of state, did he? He get them out of state. You do? Yeah, oh, yeah, they from out of state. They come play at McGregor Park. Uh-huh. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. 19, I mean, when it's 2022, Texas Southern, not Southern University, Texas Southern University, is playing in the in the city park. McGregor. McGregor City Park. Mm -hmm. We we ain't gonna we ain't gonna beat that horse. No. <laughs> but it, I can tell that bothers you. It concerns you. Uh, it don't cause no divorce though, right? No, no. Because I'm in his corner. That, you passed that. Yeah, I'm in his corner. I just know how hard my husband works. I know how my husband is very passionate about what he does. And it just hurts, you know, to see, you know, losing this recruit, losing this recruit, you know, after he invests so much. It, it, it hurts, you know. Give him something to work with. Give him some tools. Just because he's won it before, you know, the expectation is what? Oh, he can do it. Oh, it's so, it's hell being poor and black. <laughs> At McGregor Park. McGregor Park, you gotta come see it one day, uh, uh, LD. <laughs> you gotta come see. Bring your camera. You can do a podcast out there, brother. Okay. Two, 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 was it two years ago, three years ago? You know, we played LSU the first round in the regionals. So you remember yeah, we were remember, ahead. Yeah, I remember. You remember that? Uh, we were ahead. I forgot about oh, that. Yeah, oh yeah, we were ahead. Scared, I'm scared oh. of, but fear in Okay. Them. But them stands was quiet. Yeah, I forgot about yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. I think until ago. the what six six I wanna say the six in Oh yeah. It was awesome. They're the one that the Oh one. my God. Your tissue beat rice one time in the regionals. We had a big pull off last year. They beat Mississippi State. Not in regionals, just in the regulars. Oh, man, that was big. So if you give him a little bit more to work, give him his own field. Give him his field. But he can recruit. That's, that's recruiting that's, tools. That's recruiting tools. That's, so, but you, you have heard some good news that yeah, we, since with that the, the new president. president is a she. Mm -hmm. And she can mm -hmm. really invest in Yeah, some recruiting. land. Mm -hmm. But it might be another 10 years for, for the stadium to get there. Though. Well, we're going to go on and shut this thing down. Anything you want to say? Or no, talk about it, it was truly a pleasure. I, I thank you for wanting me 
to be on the spotlight today. I really appreciate that. Oh, no, you are a true living legend. Well, this, thank this you. This is our living legend segment. And when I was, really, we hadn't seen you. And the old folks, they hadn't seen you <laughs> in at least 20 some yeah. years, I know. Yes, yes. Or possibly more, no, at least about 20, 20 mm -hmm. years or so. And it, and it really, when I saw you yesterday, it's like, this is Eli and you look so wonderful. Well, thank you, thank and, you, uh, Lyman. You as well. And it was just so good. And, I, and I'm looking at you and talking. And this is something hit me. I guess you said me and my uh, my sister-in-law at the same time. Mm -hmm. saying, Cause she looked. You looked at her the park. You know, <laughs> but it, mm -hmm. it really was a, a joy, a joyous time and occasion, and reminiscent. Mm -hmm. uh, you learned a lot, didn't you? I learned a whole lot. Mm -hmm. Remember, I was several years ahead mm -hmm. of you. And now you're a master's level. Oh yeah, got my master's. What you got your master's in? Administration, education administration. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You gonna retire? You gonna work a little longer? Oh, a little bit longer. You're still a young woman. Yeah, plenty a little of life bit longer. Yeah. How you enjoyed your visit back to Louisiana? Oh my God, this has been the absolute best. I mean, never in a million years did I think I would see you. I never thought I would see you. That so, is, you know, yeah. so it's just like so many little pop-up surprises. It's just, this has been the best visit. It's been relaxing, you know. But no, once again, we're going to close this podcast with a dear friend who I truly enjoyed being in your presence. I enjoyed our conversation. I enjoyed your sharing of the heart and being so honest and, always, uh, and open as you always have been. And we'd like to thank you for being one of our living legends. Oh no, you're a young woman, <laughs> you know, but uh, we, we're still one of our living legends. And, uh, and it goes back to so many different areas as you shared your story. And we just thank you for being part of Count Time today. Thank you, I appreciate it. You're welcome, love. Take okay. care. All right. Man can shackle the hand. Man can shackle the feet. But only you can shackle the mind. The mind is free to travel wherever you dare to take it. Welcome to Count Time Podcast.